One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you chiching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, thirty six percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/work. Shopify.com/work. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that luxury quality within reach. Go to quince. dot com slash style to get free shipping and three hundred and sixty five day returns on your next order. Quince. dot com slash style. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Matson. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is one of our news and cues episode. Uh, we've got some news and some cues, so we are going to live up to the title of this episode, Ken. Oh, yes, we got some great cues. Uh, too bad for you, Joseph. I took notes this time. I, like, wrote stuff out. I'm so sorry. I have answers. I have answers. Well, that's great. I love that. No, I always have answers some days. Uh, I have, uh, when music music questions pop up, it inspires me to open up my laptop and start 
writing notes. So that's coming a little bit later in the show. But before we get to all that, I want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And a little bit later, as always, we'll have our force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Yeah, and we also have another offer. It was something we were talking about that was temporary, but it has become permanent. Insight Editions, a publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books, is offering 35% off across their website with a special Force Center code. And you can get this discount uh, by entering the code FC35 when you go to their website, or you can visit the website with this specific link. That is insighteditions.com slash discount slash FC35. And there's not as many books for uh, for Insight Editions as there is for Audible, but every week we're going to recommend a different one that we are interested in. And this week I'm going to recommend Secrets of the Jedi. I love that book, so check it out with the code FC35. Do it, do it, do it. Read about your favorite Star Wars characters, weapons, and vehicles. Uh, before we get into the news, as I always do, we like to catch up with some Star Wars or life adventures. And, well, quite a week to catch up over, uh, Joseph. Uh, so uh, how are you, friend? How are you? Always start with a good mental health check-in. That's right. Uh, I am okay. <laughs> this is, uh, this is a, a very, very strange time for our world. And, and as always, I do draw strength uh, from Star Wars, some of the actual uh, big political ideas in Star Wars, certainly. But also just the, I think the, uh, the idea that, you know, we, we all do have to go through dark times, uh, as individuals and, uh, often as societies and to try to take some time to quiet your mind and center yourself and, and focus on hope and a little bit of light in the dark time. And remember that, you know, hope and, and, and light are always there and you can, not just sit back and go, well, I, I hope things work out, <laughs> but rather that hope is an act to spur you to a belief to spur you to action to say, I'm not just going to hope that things are going to get better. I'm going to ask like Leo Organa would do, what can I do to make things better? Uh, so yeah. that, that's my way of saying I'm not doing great, but I'm hopeful. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's uh, you know, the the light at the end of the day and uh, at the end of the night uh, is something to, c- to cling to and hold on to. And you know, as always here in Force Center, just we want to, you know, you were you were saying probably more eloquent than I am about to say off air, but just you know, Star Wars is a great uh, bubble to climb into. Sometimes it's a great escape. We use it as that, both on the pew pew level and the uh, inspirational level for our own lives. There, uh, sometimes it's just hard to not acknowledge real life as it uh, infiltrates uh, our lives our brains our hearts our souls yeah 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 and i think we've said it before on other episodes but i think it's gonna we're living through tumultuous times uh and there's a lot in star wars that is political and and we're going to be discussing that in some upcoming places uh because that's what there is to discuss because that's the story that's being told uh we have in the past generally tried to keep Force Center mostly free of real-world politics. And we do that not because we don't have real-world politics, but we know everybody kind of likes a break from the stress and tension that can come from always discussing politics. So I think in the big picture, it's still going to be for the most part, you know, we don't need to to bring up, you know, tax codes when talking about Boba Fett. Uh, but <laughs> sometimes we are going to say our opinions. We recognize just like our Star Wars opinions, not everybody agrees with our real world uh, opinions uh, and we'll keep it to a minimum, but sometimes we do need to bring up 
the comparison to real world politics, either because what's going on in the real world is just so important that it feels bad to ignore it. It, it feels, you know, like it's not honorable to ignore it. Uh, and sometimes because like, you know, we're doing our Clone Wars report and we're coming up on some episodes that are really, really political. That's what they're about. Uh, we're going to be discussing Light of the Jedi. Uh, there's some elements to that that are very much political. And, you know, at a certain point, you, you can't ignore that Star Wars is political. Um, excruciatingly so. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you. I, I have found some people in my life, friends of mine, will continue to ignore that Star Wars is about politics from the man in flannel himself. They still continue, which is fine. You can engage on the pew, pew, pew level. It's there for that. C- comment ended. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think I think for me, we talk about the pew pew pew. That I mean, we just did uh, the big deep dive episode about the thrill of Star Wars, talking about it as this great place for uh, adventure and what what do we learn in the midst of action. But you know, especially it's always there. But I think the prequels in particular, um, I think that that is their power. That the the it, it, the prequels are a depiction of the dark side philosophy of, of a leader like Palpatine who is explicitly selfish and only wants more power for himself. Okay. If that is true, then what does that person do to get that power? How does he get it? He, he lies explicitly in the story of star Wars and says, Hey, he, he, he works on, he whispers in the separatists ear. He whispers in the, the Jedi and the Republic's ear and gets them to fight. They might have some legitimate disagreements as we've talked about, but mm-hmm. you know, Padme is always the one who says like, if we sit down, I bet we could figure this out, but that's not what Palpatine wants. He's a leader who knows only anger and lies to empower himself. And so he lies to people and stirs them up and incites them to violence and anger only in the pursuit of his own power and entirely predicated on lies. And for me, at some point, uh, I, I want to be gentle and I want Force Center to be a place of fun and joy. But at a certain point, like, that is the point to me mm-hmm. of Palpatine. And when I see that happening in real life, it, it is hard for me to not say and think that that is a part of the power of Star Wars. You know, a power of Star Wars is, is the joy and the hat and the action figures and, and the fun and the thrill and the, the whiz bang and the romance and the, the you know, a, a beautiful absurdity of a Chadra fan. All of all. I love all parts of Star Wars, but I, I don't want to ignore what a big part of it is the lesson that the dark side as an analogy it, it, it can happen in the real world. It can happen to any of us. And when the dark side of greed and anger and selfishness and lies and always wanting more power for yourself intersects with politics that people are grievously hurt. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, as I said, off air to you, hard to watch uh, parts of the third act of revenge of the Sith on CNN on uh, Wednesday. It really was for me. And look, I, let's be clear. You, you and I are the same generation. Uh, we, we, we come from slightly different uh, paths to come to the same spot over this. Um, not about R's and D's in front of names, but just different paths, different upbringings, different experiences. Uh, I've been drastically changed over the last four or five years, and, and some of the uh, things that used to be hardline stances for me are gone now. And, and a lot of it is how people treat people. And uh, we're doing that um, 
with a thirst for power, with a, a, a penchant for believing lies or accepting lies or twisting lies in the truth. It's, it's upset me. It's just, it's really put me at conflict with some people close to my heart. And uh, I take, that's why I go to Star Wars uh, a, a lot more now than I used to, to, to find the light, find how to turn to the light and find what that means for me personally. And, and um, uh, I was uh, unhappy with, uh, unhappy is a small word to use. I was disgusted. I was afraid. I was, I was a lot of things on Wednesday in this past week. Um, not for all the big events I was watching on the screen, but the small events playing out in friends of mine who, who I just, um, don't align with anymore. And it's been, it's been tough. It's been hard for me, uh, personally. And there's a lot of, um, hard things going wrong for the nation in the last years, but last, we're talking about the last four or five days that since we last recorded. Um, so yeah, anyways, I don't, I don't know what that means, but, um, <laughs> I'll say that. I'll be real. Let's be, I want to be a little real, Joseph. I, you know, at some point someone's going to write us an eight paragraph letter that's saying, uh, chastising us for having different views in them and expressing them on a podcast that we choose to create. Uh, we want everyone, Joseph and I go out of our way to make sure everyone's at this table because that means a lot to us as, as not Star Wars broadcasters trying to keep an audience, but as Star Wars broadcasters trying to cultivate a community, a community of discussion, discourse and comfort and support and, uh, I feel I feel proud of what we often do, but sometimes, yeah, you can talk real world stuff, and and uh, I've been really upset the last four or five days, uh, and um, it's part of Star Wars discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I think you know when we do get people uh, being upset, what we try to say, um, and I think we've said it on the air before, is that personally, I do I believe in in freedom of speech, but I don't believe in freedom of consequences. So if you're if you're listening and this upsets you. I respect your opinion to, to be upset. And I respect it. If you don't want to listen to the podcast anymore, or if you, you know, don't want to follow us or support us or whatever, uh, I respect that you have the right to choose that. I think one yeah. of the other lessons that I've got from star Wars and from spending more time really diving into it. Uh, you talked about your personal growth, Ken. Uh, you know, I, I do not think I am a perfect person or have always been perfectly aligned with the <laughs> morals or values or, or the ideas of Star Wars. And I've been trying to be, be, uh, uh, you know, be the, the Jedi that, <laughs> that we talk about, yeah. the Jedi that I like in stories. Like, okay, well, you know, that translates to your day-to-day -day life. Uh, and, and I want to be uh, a person who, stands up and, and says things when they're very, very important and have conviction in them. Uh, so I'm not going to stop saying things that I believe in, but I also respect somebody else's right to say, well, then I'm going to walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we look, uh, I'm not mocking anyone who takes the time to write us. Often we, Joseph and I read every word and, and respond if, if we're met with kindness. And, and, and I want to be clear. Maybe I should back off harsh words, Joseph. Let me back off harsh words. People will write us. They will. They will send eight paragraphs of, of why they feel we're wrong or some is, and that's the right to do that. We read every word, and we want we want you to stay. We want you to stay. We want you to find that you can be welcome and comforted here, uh, unless lines are crossed. Uh, you know, on our side, your side, whatever it is. Like Joseph said, if you need to go, you need to go. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, it's it's uh, it always comes down to um, just I don't know. Um, I spent 17 years uh, telling people you do have the right to free speech, just not on this property. <laughs> so <laughs> if you got to go and we'll, we'll help you go. We don't want to lose anyone. That's never been our goal. Uh, we've gone again. We've gone out of our way, out of our way sometimes to put a sock in it. Yeah. And um, all the way around, all the way around. Um, 
But uh, last week, this has been, a, uh, for me, was, uh, you know, upsetting. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, upsetting. Joseph, it was yeah. upsetting. <laughs> it was really, really upsetting. Uh, and I think that, uh, I think for me, what I can take from it is, you know, hopefully really learning some of the lessons that I think Lucas and many other storytellers ha- have have tried to tell us and remind us and that maybe I think culturally we've lost a little bit of this is a really familiar pattern that a charismatic uh, person would, you know, would manipulate people to believe not in the, the nation, the republic, the group, but rather believe in them for their own selfish gain. Uh, how, othering people saying every problem that you have is somebody else's fault. You know, if there, if there's a problem, it's the, because of the separatists, <laughs> if there's a problem, it's because of the Jedi. So, you know, uh, the, those ideas in star Wars, um, are, are not unique to star Wars that I think they're powerful because they're, they're tied with tied with the sort of spiritual ideas of the force. Uh, mm-hmm. but I, I guess for me, the last thing I'll say about it is I, I think, uh, I get a lot of uh, hope from Star Wars, and, and I do have a lot of hope for the real world that that we're going to be just kind of reminded is a culture of some of these structures of how these kinds of things happen, and, and that we can all try to be uh, on guard as much as possible about preventing them in the future. Yes, yes, and um, hey, when possible, uh, do the, turn to the light, choose kindness, treat pe- people as, as people, and we can just break it down small there and. Uh, Move on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Be a Padme, not a Palpatine. <laughs> That's a great t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, we are going to look at Star Wars news. Once again, not a lot. Coming out of the holidays, coming out of the big investor day, which was the big dump of news. Obviously not going to be a lot. But at the time of this recording, a little late breaking non-news news story. Say hello to Lucasfilm Games. That's right. It was announced on StarWars.com that the new era has begun for video games. What does this mean? EA's gone? All's go- we, we don't know. We'll ask those questions shortly. But you can follow Lucasfilm Games on Twitter at Lucasfilm Games, Facebook, Lucasfilm Games, if you'd like. Uh, and they will uh, deliver breaking news and more directly to you, the fans. They also released a special sizzle reel celebrating the history of games from Lucasfilm. Uh, which I watch. It's pretty cool. A lot of Fallen Order, a lot of um, uh, Old Republic, a lot of stuff we all love is there. Um, and uh, again, Joseph, this is uh, this is exciting for a lot of people, not just for any issues with a certain company, EA, or anything about recent games, but just the history of uh, LucasArts and a lot of the games we played coming up in this uh, Star Wars fandom, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I didn't get a chance to watch that video, so I need to ask you, is, is there... Is it all Star Wars video games that it's showing, or is it showing anything else? Uh, yeah, no, it's all Star Wars games. I'm trying to think. I was like, any Indiana Jones? No, 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 no. Yeah, it's all Star Wars game. Uh, a lot of you know the Sim stuff, uh, the the new Bet Two game, the VR game, a lot of that kind of stuff, and then uh, Skywalker Saga stuff, which we haven't had a chance to play yet, not out, uh, and then a lot of Fallen Order um, and Knights of the Old Republic, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I, I I think, you know, without being able to dive into it for myself, my main reaction is just I really, I'm happy to see kind of the Lucasfilm brand develop mm-hmm. because I think there has been so much focus since uh, Lucasfilm became a part of Disney that just focuses in, 
on Disney. And yep, absolutely, they're one part of a much larger company. But Lucasfilm is not just Star Wars, right? It is the the uh, technology that got built mm-hmm. up by the uh, all the different companies under the umbrella. And it is all of the different video games and the different properties. And it excites me to see kind of Lucasfilm really asserting itself as a brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think... I think people have been wanting that. I mean, we mentioned again, LucasArts just said, you say that name and that, that elicits a lot of responses from Star Wars fans of, Oh God, I remember when I bought uh, dark force. Oh, tie fighter. Like it just, it's part of it. And we talk about those traditions in Star Wars, whether it's Kenner figures on a shelf and the packaging we love, or just even traditions. Uh, you know, uh, I got a bad feeling about this It's a Star Wars tradition. We either, we, we love or, or want to, want to uh, celebrate a little bit. And, and this is part of it too. So uh, I'll take it as good news. Again, Joseph and I are not in the weeds on the video games mm-hmm. in terms of companies and who makes what. And you know, I generally know it. We'll play the games. And that's kind of where my knowledge of video games stops. So we understand this might uh, have, uh, you know, raise bigger questions and, and we'll get some of those answers when they emerge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's such a great point about like the sense memory. I think my main sense memory with the LucasArts logo is uh, I had a cough when I bought uh, my uh, my Super Nintendo so I could play Super Empire Strikes Back. So when I see that logo, I, I taste a cherry cough drop in my mouth and I feel happy. <laughs> That's so weird. This is weird, but I think one of the early WWF Survivor Series pay-per-view events, if I see it now, I get a butterscotch milkshake taste because that's the day. <laughs> I got my braces and my mom rented some VHS tapes and I watched that while having a butterscotch, butterscotch milkshake. Oh, those moments of comfort that just sort of lodge yes. in your mind. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, I hear the name, the brain busters, the tag team with Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. I think of butterscotch. It's great. <laughs> so I'm right there. Well, I hope they make a bunch of great Star Wars video games. And I also just really hope they make an Indiana Jones game and, and grumpy older Harrison Ford uh, is willing to do the voice because that would be amazing. That'd be great. That'd be great. We'll keep you updated. And uh, if you want to, again, follow Lucasfilm Games on Twitter and Facebook. No Instagram, no TikTok, no nothing. Just those two. Just those two. All right. Hey, uh, hey, remember Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie? Remember that? It was just like September uh, the last year that it was confirmed. That's another lifetime ago. Uh, it uh, might have a writer. I think it has a writer. Uh, here's the story about the writer. Uh, Deadline reporting this, which is why we, we love dealing with those kind of websites with uh, reputable reporters going to reputable sources and going with these exclusives. They're reporting that Michael Waldron will be scripting at least a first draft of the Kevin Feige produced Star Wars movie that, you know, still has no release date, no production date or anything beyond that. Uh, and that's fine. That's actually normal. I actually kind of prefer movies not being locked into specific release dates 10 years out or something like that. <laughs> the way of the industry. But you have to wonder. Waldron uh, worked on the upcoming Doctor Strange sequel and is a head writer EP of the Loki series, uh, which uh, has not come out yet, right? We're still waiting for no. WandaVision. Um, he also worked on Rick and Morty Season 4 and won an Emmy for his uh, work on that. Not necessarily specifically, but as the team. Uh, and he just signed a big overall deal with Disney. Thoughts on this, Joseph? Yeah, there's a lot of interesting little uh, bits of tea leaves to sort of speculate on. Um, I think the overall deal with Disney is that's really intriguing because is that a sign that more people are going to get these kind of deals that um, uh, producers like uh, Kevin Feige or obviously Kathleen Kennedy are going to find people who are like, We're, we really trust you as as a writer. So you're kind of in in have this overall deal so that you can pivot from 
doing your own project to Marvel, to uh, Star Wars. That's really intriguing to me to see if that uh, happens more going forward. I think uh, for kind of the MCU side of it, it's really interesting uh, that this is not just kind of, um, he, he wrote some MCU stuff. Um, and all, all credit to all the various MCU writers who uh, are, have all done great stuff, I think. But uh, the, the Doctor Strange sequel looks like it's going to be extremely weird and extremely important to the MCU. So that's like a kind of a, a higher level of Feige's really like, you know, uh, he only has two thumbs, but somehow seven thumbs up on this guy because that yeah. uh, Doctor Strange sequel, I think, is really, it's it seeming like it's going to be extremely important to the idea of the multiverse in MCU and, and expanding uh, the MCU. And the Loki series is one that, it, it, for the um, Disney Investor Day on the MCU side of it, really excited people because it was kind of, on one hand, it was exactly what they expected in terms of like when in Loki's timeline, but the actual what it was, was is just bonkers in comparison to what anybody thought. So it is a real demonstration of MCU, uh, Kevin Feige, and apparently uh, Michael Waldron as a writer, really being willing to say, we need to keep things fresh and surprising and, you know, uh, obviously um, true to the characters, but you know, we've got, we're not just going to do exactly what you expect. We are not coloring by numbers. And the fact that Michael Waldron is a, you know, a head writer on the Loki series that is really, you know, uh, surprising people on kind of just the DNA of what it is uh, makes me uh, really intrigued by him as a writer. That's a great insight into this. Uh, uh, I, I want to hear things like that. Uh, nothing, nothing against MCU. Nothing, nothing against Feige. It's this is you talk about success. There's a there's a guy who, who knew how to do this and did it so well. Clearly, uh, millions upon millions of, of fans would agree. Uh, uh, bringing it into Star Wars, bringing whatever that is of MCU to Star Wars is something that I would be like, oh, okay, you know, sell me on a little bit here. And you kind of are. And how you're describing those two particular projects that are outside the box or a little bit more important. The, Doctor Strange movie, I know the sequel being described as something almost like horror at times or thrill, you know, it was a little different feel to it. So now I'm intrigued. And what do you do with Star Wars? Because this movie probably going to be in a different quote, different era that we hear a lot or uh, with characters we're not familiar with. And, and you know, how do you look at Star Wars uh, in, in a new way? So you're, you're, you're bringing up some great points, Joseph, about what that could be. The tea leaves, as you say, can we, can we read? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Here's one thought, though, I, on this particular project um, and other long-rumored projects, and including, say, a Ryan Johnson trilogy, we hear that a lot, with so much new content on the way in the next few years, content that we know is coming, is, is in production or being developed, how is your energy level for projects like this, these long-rumored ones um, that seem either so far away from happening or I don't even know if they're going to happen? So when you, to make it very personal, when I saw this story, other than against Feige, definitely nothing is Waldron. I just kind of went, I, you know, tell me when it's coming. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there there is that for me. There's almost like this is an opportunity to be, you know, uh, a little Jedi-like and just patience. We'll see what it is when it comes. And we've got a long wait that, yeah, I, I, there isn't a like, oh, boy, because, yeah, it's it's a ways down the road. And this is really an always in motion is the future time for, for Star Wars movies, right? I mean, yeah. it would have been a weird time for what are Star Wars gonna, movies going to be after the Skywalker saga, after they decided not to do the Star Wars story standalones anymore. It would have been a weird time for Star Wars 
if the entire shape of cinema hadn't, you know, been changed by a uh, pandemic and streaming. So yeah. it's just, there's just so much in question. I think for me, one of the, my honest, just like knee jerk fan reaction to, uh, partially to rogue squadron, uh, but definitely to whatever Taika Waititi's making, uh, Kevin Feige, uh, if Ryan Johnson is still working on stuff, not only is it so far away, but there's a part of me that's just like, I'm so curious to get there and see what's the shape of it. Is it really that uh, Patty Jenkins is going to make Rogue Squadron and if people like it, like the MCU, then Mm. it'll be a trilogy. And then same thing with Taika Waititi, same thing with Kevin Feige. Or is there any view toward, we're going to do a couple movies to test the waters and then we're going to do a saga again. Then we're going to do a trilogy again, or if those days, you know, are gone. Well, we'll find out. We'll move forward. <laughs> we'll <laughs> well said. Yeah, well said. And that's not that's not happening from my part on, on these projects. It's just kind of like JJ JD Dillard or any other. You know, and again, I get how the you know the development process goes, or things change. Uh, you have a wise example of something changing dramatically. Ryan Johnson's uh, that seems to have just drifted away. You know. It's all good. It's all part of the process, but I just hear these stories and I'm just not as excited as I used to, used to be. I just, yes, you're right. Patience, patience, the information will come. Well, and, and l- let me ask you this real quick. Yeah. Would you get, you'd be excited based on content too, right? If this was like Michael Waldron is uh, writing the Lobot movie, then you'd be like, well, damn, now there's something to really think about and feel about. I mean, now you're, now you're speaking my language. Yes. Um, it is. Similar, you know, going to the Leslie Headland series of, hey, rumors, this series might be coming. Hey, yeah, this looks like it's true. Some outlets are reporting it. And it's, you know, a, f- a different time period, female centric. And I was like, great. I'm I, Cool. Got it. Didn't pay much attention to it until I got a title, until I got more stuff, until Leslie Headland started talking about her thoughts on Star Wars. And now it feels real. And now I feel like, cool, uh, the, 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 the car is on the racetrack and now I can zoom around the, make some laps around the track of excitement because I have a finish line. And I think being in not just force center, but being in other shows and being in this punditry world for a while, where we're going to do a story next, where it's almost kind of funny of just like you hear the name star Wars mentioned. And now you got a, a news cycle on that bit. <laughs> I'm slightly exhausted by that. I want to see this movie. If they did say Michael Wadron, is and his uh, ironic 2021 mustache are writing this movie with Feige that is about Revan. Okay, um, and and they 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 don't owe me that, and they don't have to say that. That's not how it works. I'm just saying for this five six years into God, what Jedi Alliance was when I really started talking about it. It's 2014. You, you and I started working together 2014 and 2015. Like we, this has been a long time. Yeah, and I'm kind of like I get the cycle. Tell me when the movies up <laughs> <laughs> get in line for excitement because uh, we have a lot of projects to be excited about first yeah yeah and speaking of that next story paul bettany mentions the name dryden vost it's time for a story uh here it is uh there's a, a show out there on the internet called jake's takes uh he's jake and he's got some takes it seems like a very <laughs> nice chap by the way doing a lot of promoting press line stuff press junk and stuff uh while promoting wandavision Paul Bettany uh, was asked about which characters of his would he want to play again? It seemed very leading because it was like, what franchise characters would you want to play again? Uh, he delayed for like two. He had like he went like, uh, then he said with much conviction, said it twice. I would love to mess around with Dryden Voss. 
which I don't know if that's <laughs> double meaning, but he said it twice. I'd love to mess around with Dryden Voss. Jake got very excited, had a happy take about that, and I, and I do too. That's it. That's the story, Joseph. Nothing beyond that. Um, but I, I wanted to have this discussion. You know, we kind of we can't deny that there was just something to Voss as a character. A lot of people are Bettany as a performer for sure. Um, and as you know, appreciation for the so-called solo verse grows, uh, including the make solo two happen movement, all that kind of stuff. Um, do we have any interest with, with quote, messing around with Voss, Crimson Dawn, the underworld at this point, we know we want Kira versus Mole. We talked about that, but this would be going back. Is that something that intrigues you? Oh yes. Uh, you know, I would love a show just called messing around with Dryden Voss. That would be great. Um, this is yeah this is uh, i'm really glad you pulled this it's just a it's a funny i didn't watch the rest of the interview which i i normally kind of try to do uh because i'm i'm very excited for wandavision and i just don't i don't want any of the behind the scenes i don't want any more every time i see one of um you know uh, our, our friends in the pundit world people who i really like and trust with their you know just uh, saw the first three episodes i scroll past the tweets for now and i'll go look at them afterwards because i i'm very excited for that uh, and don't want to uh know anything about it I mm-hmm. remember collecting the 12 issue maxi series of the vision and Scarlet witch about their, their mm-hmm. attempts <laughs> to live in suburbia. Uh, this is back in the eighties. Uh, so I'm very excited for that. It was amazing to just go to minute eight, which you kindly uh, told me that's where I should look and see an actor bring up star Wars of their own volition. Cause I assumed it was going to be a leading question of, would you like to play Dryden Voss again? And he's like, yeah, sure. But the fact that he brings it up, that's great. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, the, and then just for, for seeing Dryden Voss himself, I think, I think what's appealing about him is not just like, obviously Paul Bettany's a great actor, but he's a slightly different flavor of screen villain than we've had for Star Wars. You know, he's, he's on the gangster side, you know, he's not the, uh, dark sider, uh, but he's not the gangster like Jabba the Hutt, who's just kind of like sitting on a throne commanding other people to do things. He himself is physically active. Um, and he's got this great mix of, he is legitimately funny will also be utterly terrifying and you get the sense of him as a villain uh he, he almost has a little bit to me in a good way of like a a batman sort of villain of like this mm-hmm. obsessive person who is truly not entirely in control of their emotions or actions like we've certainly seen like Kylo lose it a little bit, but Kylo is certainly in the tradition of more of the Maul and Palpatine invader of the precision anger. Uh, mm. They have they have mastered their hate and weaponized it, and it just feels like Dryden Voss might kill you because you actually crossed him, or you you maybe you know insulted his favorite singer, <laughs> and he might just lose it and weep and kill you. And I think that just makes him really dynamic and interesting. Uh, and again, really darkly funny. I think he's darkly funny and that's what makes him really compelling. The, the Colo, uh, Colo clawfish food offer is one of my favorite moments in star Wars. I, I, I just something about it. It's just so, yeah, it's scary. Uh, you know, you're, you're saying it so right. I, I am interested. I am interested. I, and I love hearing when any of these actors are like, oh, yeah, I got something left for that character. Like, I, I'm still invested, you know, not, not me. Ray, uh, you know, uh, Ray, Daisy Ridley, Boyega, Oscar Isaac on a higher level, all in some way or another said, hey, that was great or learned a lot, started my career or, or ramped up my career, not ready to go back. Right. Which is very understanding for various different reasons. 
to hear some of the other actors, particularly those who who swung through, or even Ewan McGregor saying, yeah, give me the Obi-Wan robe. It just kind of excites me as a fan. And I think there's something to what you're saying here. You said Batman villain. He reminds me sometimes a little bit of Walter Donovan, Julian Glover's character from Indiana Jones, Last Crusade, of mm. uh, a collector of antiquities. A uh, you know, you meet him. He's at a party with a white coat, and and he's a friendly vibe. And you know, Voss right from the the, the get go, you understand he's not, you know, he's a bad guy, but but he's selling that life of luxury. He's selling something else while serving a bigger master, and and. Walter Donovan serving the Nazis at, at the cost of his life. And, and uh, Dryden, though Maul doesn't take it directly, I just, he gets, he serves something bigger and, and uh, the whole thing costs him. And that's an interesting journey, especially for the underworld, which is so often, you know, I love Jabba's Palace. I really do. I love, you know, hanging around Moss Eisley, the dirt and grime of the, the literal dirt and grime of the underworld. Uh, it's like going to the Double Down Saloon in Vegas. You walk in and you might get, you know, your ass kicked and thrown out just for daring to come in there. Um <laughs> I've been there several times, but I also like going to, uh, you know, a, a fancy casino bar. And that's what I think Dryden offers, selling that version of the underworld. Uh, and and I'm intrigued by that. So, yeah. Hey, let's do it. Voss. Yeah. This- Why not? Go for it. Yeah. And I mean, I think another thing that's fun to think about for me is like not only have, you know, uh, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and Oscar Isaac, you know, been through all of the ups and downs of being involved with something like star Wars, but they've done grueling shoots. Um, yeah. and not like, not that Paul Bettany hasn't, hasn't done that in for other films, but f- Dryden Voss is just in that office set. I mean, he, he got, <laughs> he basically got to do a play, uh, you know? So yeah. I, I wonder if that's also a little bit of like, it, it wasn't a grueling, uh, yeah. Uh, he, I'm not in any way saying he, that he didn't put his back into it. And that fight scene is amazing. We talked about that on our uh, recent episode about thrilling parts of Star Wars. I love that fight. But it, it, just from an actor perspective, he got to mostly be on one set just digging in to what does his character think and feel and, you know, believe. He didn't have to do a bunch of grueling one second shot action, action scenes. Uh, so I wonder if that uh, adds to his desire to go back and and really play with who that character is. Yeah. Who doesn't want to, you know, get in a, get in more star Wars fights. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Hey, we'll see. We'll see if the solo verse can grow. We'll yeah. keep you updated. Um, all right. That is it. That's it for now. That's all we're looking at in star Wars news. That's it. No rumors, no scoops, no nothing. We're talking uh, just those items and juicy items uh, enough for us there. So before we uh, take a break and get to your questions, as always, want to recommend an audio book for you. Joseph, this one seems like a great choice. Yeah, this one is not surprising at all. Uh, this Thursday, our episode will come out doing a deep dive discussing this book. It's a kind of big one in the world of Star Wars. It is Light of the Jedi by Charles Sewell. Absolutely. Check that one out. Download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audio book. Help yourself and help the show in the process. All right. Quick break. On the other side, your questions here on force. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Force Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Force Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J E N I L A N D A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa1138.
Welcome back to Force Center. We are taking your questions from all over the galaxy, Joseph. That's right. Uh, from the whole galaxy, we go to the planet Twitter and the planet Patreon. If you want to ask a question on Twitter right now, it is our pinned tweet, a request uh, for questions for the main show. So if you're interested and you're on Twitter, you can go there and ask a question. Uh, and then, of course, uh, on Patreon, I post every once in a while a request for more questions. I just did that uh, over the weekend. and People are already coming in with some great questions. So we've got a lot of great questions uh, coming up in coming weeks. But right now, here are our great questions right now. Uh, we go first to Twitter. Eric Ramzur says, Chapter 9 of The Mandalorian begins with a Queel quote about what it will take to be free. Cobb said he found his freedom in the armor but was able to give it up. What do you think it will take for Din to find his own freedom from quests and helmets? Where do you go with that, Ken? Yeah, uh, great question. Man, I love this one. This made me, this made me think a little deeper than I normally do on a, on a Monday morning when we, we get ready to record. Um, so I'll say this. I, I, for whatever reason, I go to that Peter Townley Twitter thread. Peter Townley, the first co-host of the Star Wars show with Andy Gutierrez. Still would appear every now and then, actor based up in the Bay Area. Uh, he had a, a, a Twitter thread and Twitter threads. I'll be honest with you. After one or two tweets in a thread, I stop reading. I just, I just don't have, <laughs> I, I have books to read, not threads to read, but, um, his, his, I did read and I loved it. And he talked about, and I'm paraphrasing a lot here, folks, but he talked about the transactional kind of nature of Din's kind of life view. And it's mm -hmm. all how he was raised and it's all he knew. And, I need something. You need something. So it was, it's the only way he knew how to interact with people. And that was why, uh, you know, you and I talked along the way about the, the side quests were actually the quest because that's how he knew how to interact. And a lot of that's tied to his upbringing, of course. Can't wait to get more from the armor or at least have more discussions about the armor. So I was kind of moved by Peter's analysis and how it had tied to some personal stuff with him. And and so for Din, I wonder I wonder what it's gonna, what, what's going to happen now that he doesn't have a great need, right? He completed his journey. Uh, he's changed and, and grown. And thanks to a lot of the people he's met on the journey, which is also one of Peter's big points, his big takeaways, things we've discussed here. Um, Din has changed, not just because of his, himself and not even Grogu, but everyone around him. You saw that a lot this season. So uh, now that he doesn't have that need to to take, get much back from people. How much is he going to be willing and, and able to give to others? And, you know, what, what is, what is that with no quests, what do you do now? I keep making the joke of uh, Princess Bride of uh, Man in Black and, and Mandy Patinkin's and Nigga Montoya, you know, gets revenge on the six fingered man. And what do you do now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever thought of piracy? I don't know. There's what do you do after that? Um, and as for the helmet, um, personal story, I didn't drink alcohol till I was 26. I think I've mentioned that before because reasons. Um, <laughs> and then once I tried my first sip, it's been a long, healthy relationship. Healthy, healthy, good, balanced. <laughs> Um, and, uh, that might be the helmet for me. It's off. People have seen them. It'll be easier and easier each time. Yeah. It will literally be easier for him to take a drink because that did not look comfortable when he had to kind of heave it up halfway. Yeah. To sip his broth there uh, in that great shot with the child. Yeah. I think you're saying a bunch of great things and, and I agree with you. I really, uh, I think that, uh, thread, uh, Jeff Townley, right? Peter Townley. Yeah. Peter Townley. Peter Townley my, my sincere apologies. Uh, Peter yeah. Townley, uh, his uh, apologies for the brain fart there on the first name. Uh, yeah, I think focusing on the transactional, that mm -hmm. it was really, that's the way his brain was wired because of his life and because of the armor, because that's, you know, this is the way. 
you know, it, yeah. it is to make an exchange. And I thought that was one of the best parts of season two was even though he had made an emotional connection uh, to Grogu in the first season and had made that big choice, you know, I think in chapter three, his big choice, the, the reason I love uh, love it being called the sin is he he is caught between a bunch of different uh, ideas of honor and which is the most honorable, you know, and he, he kind of breaks some, but he's choosing this is the most honorable to not let a foundling that I found be victim to horrors of my enemy, the empire. Um, So even though in the first season he, he has discovered uh, an emotional connection to Grogu. I love that he obsesses in the second season of like, but I got this quest from the armor. So I don't entirely have to think for myself or feel. And that's why he is telling everyone all the time. He's not like saying, I, I am currently this child's adoptive father, but I know I'm not best for him. I need to find uh, the people who can give him what he needs. He's saying, I have been quested, right? Because that's how he sees the world. And then he does start to say things like that, that are a little bit more like in that great uh, intro scene uh, when they're on the way to Tython of like, I, I can't, you know, you're really impressive. And, uh, you know, I can't give you what you need. It starts to become uh, emotional then. So yeah. I so picking up on, on from what you're saying, I think this idea that how much does he realize? Well, yeah, I completed my quest, so I don't have new transactional marching yeah. orders. But I realize that that the the emotions I'm feeling aren't about completing a quest there about my relationship with this child. And then uh, he does have a quest accidentally that he doesn't want. <laughs> yeah, of true. The, he owns the dark saber and now in theory if Bo-Katan doesn't immediately uh you know convince him to fight her for it mm-hmm. then Bo-Katan is going to have to go all right well you've got a new quest you know if Bo-Katan backs down it, you know kind of listens to her higher angels and, and says I'm you know there's no point in us fighting uh you need to go on the quest that you kind of told me you would which is to help restore Mandalore, but Bo-Katan is in such a great place to say like, but you can't just do it because it's your mission and you don't know what the hell to do with yourself if you don't have a mission. You have to care about this the same way you cared about this kid. Um, And I think that might, that seems to me a really interesting way to go with his next uh, step in, in, in understanding who he is and who he wants to be. Like, I think he does have to confront the armor and I think he does have to learn how the the actual history of the galaxy so he can have an actual opinion about it. And I think that will help him give his gain. His freedom is looking around and going, all right, well, I, I know a lot about the galaxy, but there's a bunch of stuff that I haven't been told, or I've been told in this kind of limited, this is the way away. What do I think freedom is? You know, I think season three, the first two episodes were just him going back to Navarro and going that protocol droid teaches him history. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be so great. And he steals that kid's uh, cookies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just two episodes. So like he's taking a math class. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think like big picture, you know, I love that uh, this is such a great question from Eric because I think it is really, I think the uh, previously on on The Mandalorian, uh, quotes are and scenes are selected very precisely. And to start the whole season two with Quill saying that about 
the empire of you know nobody's free until uh every until we're all free until you know the empire is gone um is really really intriguing because it does set up this these big stakes and these questions of what is what is Din Djarin's responsibility in that journey uh I I kind of feel like the the big picture of this whenever the Mandalorian ends this show that I I think it is going to be about balance is my guess is I think it's going to be him saying the armor is part of me but it is not all of me and I can put it down and I can pick it up and that's freedom yeah there you go kind of an attachment thing yeah yeah we'll see the Mandalorian continues to be both uh, extremely surprising in how they tell the story and really solid I think in in staying true to kind of these simple direct themes and ideas so I'm really excited to see where it goes and maybe he'll have a strawberry daiquiri which started my journey <laughs> oh please I really really hope that uh, the next chapter of uh, season three is the daiquiri <laughs> oh the thinking that he can he doesn't know the joy of using a straw maybe he does anyway <laughs> You know what I mean. I'm looking forward to a lot of uh, helmetless din jarn. Moving on to our next question. Great question, Eric. Uh, our next question, our next great question comes from Gareth Bartlett. Gareth says, hearing you guys talk about when to lift a lightsaber in defense sparked a question in me. When Vader raised his blade to stop Luke striking Palps in Return of the Jedi, uh, was that to defend Palpatine or save Luke from his own anger and journey to the dark side? made me see that moment differently that is great uh this is uh we talked about this uh this idea of when to uh pick up the blade and when to throw it down we've talked about it a lot other uh, star wars thinkers have as well of course but we talked about it a lot when we were discussing the hallway scene of luke in the mandalorian and and what choices he was making about when to use the blade and, and when not uh and that spurred this thought in in gareth of re-examining other moments in star wars to consider that what do you think about this one ken this is an interesting and i gotta say some a beautiful take and I've, I've seen it pop up some other spots and maybe in our force center discord maybe even gareth brought it up there I apologize if i skipped that there gareth but um for me, I still don't know if it reads like that, but I'm very much okay with layering some of that in there. I think that's part of the fun. I think part of go back and, and seeing parts of Star Wars again with new light and just wondering. And Gareth is just wondering, like, hey, what could this mean? All we know about Vader, all we know about the war with Anakin, and, and is it starting to uh, come out there? I, I still uh, see Vader as protecting his master kind of on instinct. I think that's why Palpatine is joyous for me. It's a cackle because... Oh, you thought you were going to kill me. No, no. You're going to have to do the thing you don't want to do, which is fight your father and kill him. Uh, I, I see some of that. I think I see a lot of that in there. Um, again, he needs a fight to happen. But regardless, follow me here too, Joseph. Regardless of Vader's true intentions in that moment, if it, if it is, I've got a little bit of what Gareth is saying, it, it just kind of ends up being the result. And that's beautiful in its own way to me. Sometimes, you know, I've seen some uh, writers say, I don't, I don't do themes great but if you study your story there's themes there and you can't deny it <laughs> very rocks will cry out uh, to, to uh, uh, twist an old um, uh, kind of bible verse there uh, um, it's there and so that's all part of what's going on and it serves the same purpose to me 
Yeah, yeah, you're saying a lot of great things. Uh, just a few months ago, my wife and I rewatched uh, North by Northwest, which I hadn't seen in years, and and I always like reading up on you know Wikipedia and other sources, and you know the screenwriter going, "We just wrote a thriller." <laughs> almost everybody else who has ever seen North by Northwest is like, "Uh, there's some ideas there, dude." Um, yeah, it's such a great example of you know uh, sometimes things are layered in very uh, purposefully by the creators, and sometimes they just emerge. I I love the spirit of this idea that that uh, art and movies are up for interpretation, and you can look at different moments. And even if you kind of look at a moment and play with the di- idea and go, yeah, no, maybe, whatever, um, that there's joy in reexamining a moment and asking what's going on? Can I look at this from a different uh, perspective? You know, can I enjoy that ambiguity, that part of art that is meant for me to finish the conversation? The film says something and then I respond, uh, you know, by thinking through it, discussing it in whatever way. Um, I, and I love, I love the point that you're making, Ken, and, and it absolutely could be what Gareth is getting at of if Vader did not intend it, he's certainly in that moment uh, did stop Luke from just sailing that green blade through Palpatine yeah. <laughs> and giving into the that exact anger because what 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 is breaking Luke is the the old uh, you have to kill in order to to save the people you love you know you're gonna you're gonna lose all those people they're all gonna die and cutting me down right now actually isn't gonna stop it so yeah. it's just gonna you know get Luke to uh, go through uh, that take that first step to the dark side. Mm. And and Vader does stop that in that moment. But I think big picture, I do think for myself that he is just Vader is just following the the Sith plan. Um, We talked a lot a lot about when we did that episode about uh, Vader and uh, and Luke's meeting on Endor and discussing what is going to happen, what isn't that Vader. It does just seem very hopeless and broken uh, in Return of the Jedi, and I think I think that Vader has to know. Obviously, the plan is to get Luke to lash out in anger, and once he starts down that path, once he feels the power of the dark side, he won't let it go. That's the that's the way this goes. Vader knows that extremely well, and I think Vader has to think like I know. If, yeah, of course, Palpatine wants to get a rise out of him, and he wants us to fight. Uh, he wants Vader. Uh, he wants Luke to try to get vengeance on me, Vader. And I think Vader ha- thinks, well, either Luke's going to break real quick, real easy, and maybe we'll break the rule of two, and there'll be three of us. Or maybe if I get lo- lucky, Luke will turn on Palpatine. Or, or probably, I think Vader knows eh, what Sidious probably wants is for Luke to really give into his anger and kill me. Yeah. And and I think for whatever uh, reasons. Uh, to be explored or theorized on Vader just feels like he is on the tracks, you know, and the, the mission here is to incite Luke uh, to get him to fight me and to get him to give into all of his anger. And I think the, the reason that I feel that is Vader really keeps pushing, right? I mean, Luke tries to stop the fight and there's, you know, there's that great, the, there is no conflict and throwing the blade at him and, you know, it's Vader. I think really one of the important parts of the scene is that it's Vader who who finds Luke's actual weakest point. You know, it's still the same playbook of uh, threaten the life of someone you love to get you to give in to your anger and your fear. And it's Vader who who finds Leia. And, and you know, we concentrate so much in Return of the Jedi on his turn. 
But what makes his turn even more impressive is that's one of the most vile moments of Vader of discovering he has a daughter in, in his first thought is to just use her as a tool to break Luke. Yeah. Oh, it's one of my, I mean, that whole sequence is, is one of my favorites, obviously, but that particular, you know, a uh, sister, a twin sister, it's just, it's chilling in a way. And what you're saying is so right. I'm just, oh, I have a daughter. Cool. Another pond to play. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I think ultimately, you know, that's what he's doing. But, uh, but Gareth points out such a great uh, beauty that he is, he is blocking that first blow of hate in order to get that fight going with Luke. Yeah. And I look, uh, you've just said some great, insightful, deep stuff, Joseph, as you always do. I, I have a, I have a, 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 a bullet ad here, a little button on this uh, conversation. I have an alternate scene I'd like to see. All right. Luke ignites <laughs> the green. He ignites the green. He slashes Palpatine in two while Vader watches. Luke deignites a lightsaber, looks at Vader and says, necessary rage, punk. And walks away, <laughs> and the ghost of Yoda and Obi Wan clap, and as Luke goes onto the light side, you yep. figured it out, Luke says the spirit of Obi Wan. Kill, um, yeah. Did you say punk? Necessary punk. evil? Yeah, dot, 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 punk. Yeah, I, you know some other words I might have used, but <laughs> I, well, I look forward to Darth Punk. <laughs> <laughs> A great uh, Darth name. Uh, great question, Gareth. We're going to move on to our questions from our patrons on Patreon. First up is Dylan Ratcliffe. Dylan says, if Solo 2 were to happen, what kind of themes uh, should it play that w- should it play with that will influence Han to become the scoundrel we meet in Episode 4? Also, what fun characters, events, ideas would you want to see in it? Uh, that's a big one. Uh, so not yeah. only just uh, what's fun, but what gets... Uh, yeah, this really makes you think. Um, I think the solo film sets up sets Han up really well in his trajectory, but the the Han we meet in Episode Four, uh, whether he shoots Greedo first or at the same time, he, he's a cold, cool, calculating, charming, but a cold, cool, calculating character. Uh, yeah. how, how do you think he gets there? This is great, Dylan. This is one of those whys. Like, you want solo two to happen? Great. Why? What's the why of this? And uh, fun characters, events, ideas. I don't know if I have all the answers in that one, but I concentrated on the first part here, Dylan. And for me, I'd, I'd like to see Han, I don't know, experience some sort of, quote, reward for his choices. To, to me, that means um, something that leads him to believe that this was the right choice. This path at the end that he takes at the end of Solo when he, when he turns down Infus Ness offer. And we know where that ends up. We know the choices he makes later on. And I, to me, I think we've seen him get hurt care stuff um, therefore becoming a little detached or stoic or you know friendship with Chewie becomes important and so we understand and I always want I always want there to be that game of him trying hard to be something he isn't we know he's good deep down so I wouldn't want him to sacrifice any of that along the way like I'm just like super super cold blood killer or something where he's like bad guy huh I don't need need that but if you if that makes sense Joseph I, I would like a false reward something that maybe quiets his internal struggle until he's faced with it again in New Hope where he's like, yeah, this this is the life. Yeah, I lose some people. My heart gets broken. But me and my pal, we ride around the galaxy just, uh, you know, doing cool things and being uh, detached smugglers. And look at the credits it gets me. This Jabba guy, he's he says I owe him some credit. It's okay. Uh, look at that. You know, I just upgraded the fucking. Like, I, you know what I mean? And, and, and somehow that can factor into some of the story for me. Yeah, no, I think that's a lot of great stuff. I, I think we went to a little bit the same place right away of being rewarded for 
being a hotshot smuggler and being somebody who is smart to uh, to have that philosophy of, you know, the only person I trust is Chewie, and I don't even really admit that to myself because no one else should be trusted. You're a fool if they are. And I, I think he could get rewarded by by some really fun storytelling of seeing him be Jabba's golden boy, you know? Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of Star Wars storytelling that has fun with um, undercutting Han, and, and, I, and I get that, and I think that is fun. Uh, mm-hmm. But I also like that Han is actually... Uh, through creativity, through just bravado, he often is successful or through being like clever. Um, and, and he is for sure for real a great pilot and the Falcon, even though it doesn't look like much, is for real a great amazing ship, even if it's always about to fall apart. Uh, I th- so I think you can get that charm of the, I uh, everything looks like hell, uh, the ship's about to fall apart, uh, I made a lot of bad choices to that got us to where we are, but then I do something amazingly cool and I win. And if he's just going into Jabba's palace and getting a round of applause, you know, yeah. getting his, getting his, you know, I, I would honestly love to see like Jabba reach down and, you know, ruffle Han's hair and be like, golden boy, the best, you know, I want that to be true. And I'd like to see that so he can have that kind of earn that cockiness. Yeah. What's the uh, uh, Han, my boy, what's the translation? Han, my bookie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want if he's truly Jabba's bookie, I want to see how he got there. And <laughs> there's probably a lot of, uh, you know, credits, wine and women uh, and, and none of it affected him or not even women, aliens, creatures. Doesn't matter. Han can do what he wants because he's top dog with all respect to you, Chewie. Um, I can see that and I wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah, yeah. And I really like what uh, what John Kasdan has said that he has some ideas. We'll see if they ever, you know, make it to the the screen or any other Star Wars storytelling medium that that that's not the end of Han and Kira's story. And uh, I've talked a lot about, you know, I would love to see a Kira versus Maul Disney plus show that, that tells the story of that relationship, maybe with some flashbacks with Dryden Voss in them. That would be great. Um, but I also do want to see, I think what happens in solo is, is really the movie is really successful to be like, ah, I get it. They, there's no point in, in being close to people because, they will turn on you. Uh, they, you know, he, he doesn't understand what we in the theater get to understand that Kira is trying to save him from ending up on the end of Maul's blade. Uh, you know, so we see that sort of, uh, the reason that his cynicism would be, uh, solidified, but I'd love to see the rest of that relationship. And, and if he gets to himself to that point where he, he doesn't feel like, uh, he no longer feels bad that, he got separated from Kira and didn't find her, but now he just believes that caring for anybody is stupid and pointless. You know, I want to see, I think he can have a lot of fun adventures that have whiz and bang to them and, and Han Solo charm, but that we, the audience can see that the lesson Han would take out of these fun adventures is that cynicism is correct, that everyone in the galaxy is out for themselves and you are a fool if you let your guard down. Yeah, and and we, and we know it's false for him, or at least you yeah, you've done it's it's. Can we have the Star Wars Solo two equivalent of uh, the scene in Greece where you know Sandy Olivia Newton John sees uh, Travolta at the at the high school and Danny, and then he's like, what? Because <laughs> he sees his friend there. You know, I want the I want that scene. Kira's stronger than that. You know, she she doesn't need him, but I want her to be kind of like, who? What are you? Who are you? Who is? Where was the guy on the beach? Oh, summer loving happened so fast. Where's that guy? 
I want the Star Wars equivalent of that, Jess. Yes, uh, I want Scrum Rat Lovin' to be a song. <laughs> you better shape up, because I need a smuggler. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> that is really, really great. And yeah, I guess, you know, to answer the second part of Dylan's question about, you know, what fun characters, events, ideas, definitely seeing, uh, seeing Amy Jabba's Golden Boy. I'd love to see him, uh, him and Chewie visit Kashyyyk. Um, I, I would love to see a little bit of the kind of yeah. the classic idea that Han and Boba Fett really were at odds a bunch of different times. That would be really, really Ooh, cool yeah. to me. Um, and then mm-hmm. I think uh, my, my final thought on this, Ken, and then I'll pitch to you for any, any final thoughts or songs from Greece, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the power of a part of the power of the original trilogy is what it takes to start to to get Han to open up and, and let himself be the good guy that he is deep down is specifically meeting Luke and Leia and, yeah. and seeing who they are and how they treat him and how much they care about him and how, you know, I, I think it, I just think it's so great that that's really the, the final moment of sort of completion of Han's development as a character that Luke and Leia dropped everything to rescue him from Jabba's palace, you know, and that that's kind of what it takes for him to go, Oh, you know, the galaxy is not just 100% selfish. Yeah. And, and you don't have to, you know, often it's good to maybe rely on yourself, but that's not always the case and it's always going to get you out of it. And, uh, those friends, those connections, something powerful star Wars. And yeah, just that great sequence of uh, go millennium Falcon, go, 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 go. <laughs> 12 parsecs. It goes 12 parsecs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, an excellent segue into a question about songs. Uh, This came to us on uh, Patreon from Will Dixon. Will says, I have a specific variation on the age-old score the Star Wars films with modern music game. Uh, This question may be more up Joseph's alley than Ken's, Uh but we have have addressed that. Uh, But here goes. Rescore some of the films with only Guns N' Roses songs. In most of these cases, I am timing the start of the songs with cuts or wipes from previous scenes. Uh, Will shared... Many fine examples. Uh, I, I I just picked a few. Uh, Revenge of the Sith replace Padme's ruminations with "Don't Cry," which will end with the long drawn out chord from Axel over Sidious's Force Lightning versus Mace. Uh, the Vader hallway from Rogue One starts Shackler's Revenge as he ignites his lightsaber. Shackler's Revenge is a great track from the uh, Chinese Democracy album, which uh, yes, I do. Uh, have that album and uh, and like it very, very much. A controversial Guns N' Roses opinion here on our Star Wars podcast. Uh, and then uh, the other example, Will shares Anakin and Padme's dinner scene, Fireside Romance with Estranged, mm. uh, which if you watched MTV in the early 90s, uh, you are very familiar <laughs> with Estranged. Uh, and then Will says, I don't want to reveal how much time I spent doing this, but I'm stopping now to leave some room for you guys. And so I don't go ahead and rescore all the films. Will gave this a lot of thought and that makes me extremely happy. He clearly timed out the song. So he knew exactly where they fit, which is so great. Uh, and had, a, had a lot of great examples. Uh, those, those are the three that really uh, spoke to me. So Ken, you, you had another band that you wanted to play this game with, right? Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite bands of all time is the replacements. Um, Minnesota's own The Replacements up there. Uh, Paul Westerberg, the uh, wonderfully grumpy frontman, uh, the late Bob Stinson, Tommy Stinson, uh, Chris Mars on drums, and then Slim Dunlap joined them a little bit later on. I love the Mats, big Mats fam. And to me, kind of similar. In fact, St- Tommy Stinson, the connection ends up 
playing in the uh, kind of rebuilt Guns N' Roses a little bit later on when Buckethead was on, on the squad. <laughs> he um, did overlap briefly with Buckethead. And I believe I saw, because I did see that incarnation of Guns N' Roses when it was Axel and then a lot of other people. And I believe yeah. Tommy Stinson was, uh, was there. Yeah, it was because because he started playing uh, bass with with the Mats, and he was Bob Stinson's younger brother, and was he was like fourteen when he joined the band. So by the time he was wow. with uh, Guns N' Roses, he was like in his mid thirties. He wasn't <laughs> he'd been around for so long. So and he's still got great solo stuff too. I love music, I love rock and roll, the rock DJ things in my past. We know that Joseph loves music, uh, whether it's Guns N' Roses, Guns N Roses Sinatra, uh, which by the way, Joseph, the other day I went by Sinatra's house over there in Tuka Lake. I'd never been there all my years. Gosh, good oh. trip. I, I'm going to ask you about that because I was I, yeah. I found it on Google Maps, but I don't know exactly how to physically get there. So we, we'll talk off air. I can get you there. It's near our favorite restaurant, the Smokehouse, um, which is why it was Sinatra's favorite. Anyways, we love music. This is the question. I, I was like, well, now I got to tell you, well, I didn't go uh, uh, to down uh, the path of syncing it up. I apologize for that. And uh, my examples here, I used uh, three of his moments and two of my own because I thought those were great moments and just kind of inspired me. So I'll, I'll, I'll list them here, Joseph, and we can talk. And I'd love to, can't wait to hear yours. Um, so from Revenge of the Sith, going to that uh, Padme's rumination scene, one of my favorites. I'm going with uh, Unsatisfied from the Let It Be album. Uh, Look me in the eyes and tell me, are you satisfied? I'm not going to sing every song. Um, <laughs> pleading, uh, it's questions, it's, uh, you know, is this really what you want to do? Uh, I could see Padme singing that to Anakin. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. Hallway scene, hallway scene, the Vader Rogue One hall, hall, <laughs> hallway scene. This isn't necessarily one to one comparison, but again, for the Let It Be album, their version of Kiss's song, Black Diamond. They do a just a scorching two and a half minute version of Black Diamond. Out on the streets for there, I'm singing again. Um, so I want that. Vader, kind of a Black Diamond in that moment. Uh, if you want to look at it from a certain point of view, it's also kind of a rough version there. The dinner scene, great scene, some Star Wars romance. Uh, I'm going with uh, the Matt song, Who Knows, which is uh, kind of a, a one of their ballads. And it's uh, always got some Westerberg heartbreak in it. So I'll, I'll do that one there. Uh, then I'm going uh, a couple other ones. Ray and Ben's final moments. We're going to Rise of Skywalker here, all right? He's in a, they're in each other's arms. She's died, come back to life, whatever. They smooch, whatever. Uh, that Choose that whole sequence. I'm going from the album Hootenanny, which is an early 80s when they were still very punk, but the with a uh, drum machine on the background, a little programming on this one, called a song called Within Your Reach. Uh, one of the main lyrics is, I, I, I could die within your reach. Um Oh, um, so I'm putting that one there. And then the final one for me, uh, classic movie moment, the Death Star one trench run, Luke, Biggs, Vader, everything, the rebellion rising up. I'm going with the probably most known Matt song, which is Bastards of Young. We are the sons of no one. Bastards of Young. I want the rebellion taking down the empire to that song. Oh, wow. That is great. Those, those are all really great choices. I, you know, I shamefully only know the replacements a little bit. Uh, being a, a, a rock guy from Minnesota, I did not know the replacements anywhere near <laughs> as well as you do. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So Guns N' Roses, man, a, a big part of my, uh, my youth, a big part of, uh, in high school and college, I, uh, played drums in a in a rock and roll band, and I loved uh, playing a lot of Guns N' Roses songs. Uh, played uh, "Don't Cry" uh, and uh, and "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Uh, for some reason, they let us play it in the lunchroom, and we started a food fight. The most rock and roll I will ever get. Yes, 
There is still a chocolate milk stain on my ride, Tom, from that drum set. Uh, so this is this is a ton of fun uh, from Will. Obviously, Will has, has heard me go on about Guns N' Roses on uh, Force Center and my other podcast, Obsessed. With, so thanks, Will. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I tried to keep myself contained. Uh, this is a, a, more, a comedy one, but I think when Rick Ollier says the entire planet is one big city, it would be great if Paradise City just kicked it. <laughs> <laughs> because you know there, there's not a lot of grass to be pretty uh, uh, uh in uh in coruscant but yeah it's still it's, it's a paradise city um night train uh from appetite for destruction uh, one of my favorites night train is uh not a, a literal train uh but a, an alcohol but still i would put night train over the conveyance chase oh yeah solo. Uh, just got a lot of a lot of great drive and it's it's a very solo song uh about not actually being able to afford alcohol so uh borrowing a girlfriend's credit card <laughs> hey, that, hey that's very accurate a lot of a lot of good stuff there. that's very very solo um uh, one of my uh, favorite uh, Guns N' Roses songs, it is uh, fast and punky and metal uh, all at the same time and really brutal uh, from Use Your Illusions. Uh, part one is a song called Perfect Crime, and I think it would be just a perfect match uh, for the recent Mandalorian scene where Boba Fett really, really uh, kicks ass. Yeah, I yeah. think you do do that to Perfect Crime really, really well. Um I was trying to find the right place for it, and then I was inspired of uh, You Could Be Mine, which I think a lot of people know well from uh, Terminator 2. Um, mm. As the summer it came out, and I, I bought it on... A, a, what, was, what were the, the single cassettes called? The singlets? <laughs> the casingles? What the... F- yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that, that summer of Terminator 2, uh, for people who were alive then, uh, You Could Be Mine was a big one. I would put You Could Be Mine, uh, the famous score, You Could Be Mine, but you're way out of line. Uh, I would put that over the Clone Wars uh, scene where Sidious uh, finds Maul in Savage Press and just kicks their asses. <laughs> you would love this. Great stuff. You Could Be Mine. Um, and the final one almost works out uh, timeline-wise, but, you know, you can fudge just a little bit. So, uh 10 years between uh, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. And then current canon has the length of the Clone Wars at about three years. So it's it's 13 years, but it, you could tip it over to 14 years. And there's a great Guns N' Roses song uh, called 14 Years that is a little bit more soulful, a little bit more honky-tonk. Uh, but putting 14 years over the Anakin and Obi-Wan lightsaber fight would be great. Uh, the cool. the chorus of uh, 14 years is, it's been 14 years of silence. It's been 14 years of pain. It's been 14 years that are gone forever and I'll never have again. Well, <laughs> I can just see, well, I can just see Obi-Wan. Yeah, it has been 14 years of pain, as Axel says it. That's great. 14 years that are gone forever. No, I That's think great. that would be great. Yeah, I, we, we could go on and on with this one. This is so much fun. Thank you, Dixon. Yeah, no, I mean, I haven't even got that. Here comes a regular for the Chalman's Cantina Bar, Skyway for uh, uh, more Padman and Anakin Inks. No, great stuff. 
I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I didn't even get to the sequel trilogy. Uh, you know, I, I would happily put, uh, I would put Welcome to the Jungle over any fight scene, but Welcome to the Jungle for the, the, the mm-hmm. game that everybody plays of the uh, Ray and Kylo fight, uh, the Praetorian Guards in Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. That's a good place for Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, great stuff. Great yeah. stuff. Well, thank you. Yeah. All right. Stopping myself. So thank you, Will. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you, Gareth. Thank you, Eric. And thank you, everyone who sends us questions. We have a lot of really, really great ones uh, coming up that I'm excited to discuss, Ken. Yeah, I love it. I can always tell when you've uh, you've, you've put a call for questions because uh, I have the Force Center Gmail up and I just see, boom, someone has posted a comment. Boom, someone has posted a comment. I'm like, here we go. We got some good questions <laughs> coming. And hey, if you want to reach out with questions, you can do so by following us on Twitter. Look for that pinned tweet at Force Center Pod. We are on Instagram, YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Podcast available in a lot of spots like Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Amazon Music. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Uh, we love your support over there. That'll get you into the Discord server new uh, revamped and organized discord you can also for what it's worth support us directly on anchor as well it just doesn't get you into the community but you can consider, consider that if uh, you don't use patreon uh we have our own things as well i always say that like i'm like we got our own things but it's true uh <laughs> you can follow me at catnapsock and follow my website to go to my web- website catnapsock.com for information all the things i've got there like books uh, more shows live shows forthcoming the launch of the good people association coming very very soon end of the week uh good people gpa uh, follow us there too as we uh, find the good in uh, life entertainment and uh, uh, including uh, movies occasionally too uh, so uh, hopefully Joseph will be over there uh, having a drink at our bar that we built by hand talking some Star Wars with Mark Riley and I uh, as far as uh, personal plugs and uh, donations uh, I'm giving this a heads up this is something that's going to be coming a little bit later on there's a great foundation called St. Baldrick's Foundation one of uh, our listeners one of my Knapsack Files listeners Jeff Saunders is a nurse who works with uh, uh, children with cancer out in the Texas area. It's something he's involved with, and they have their big event coming up. It is in March, but want to get everyone going. You can go to stbaldricks.org for more information on what they do to help raise awareness for childhood cancers um, and money and funds. And there's some uh, heart-wrenching stories, but some inspiring, inspiring stories and bittersweet stories. Uh, you know, it's all part of... Uh, um, the pains and joys of life and Jeff is on the front lines with that stuff. And I'm, I always support his work. So that's coming, but I want to put that out there now. That is great. That is really cool. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my website, uh, josephscrimshaw.com for all of my other comedy adventures, my uh, podcast obsessed uh, that I'm doing with my wife here during our strange uh, pandemic times, having a great time discussing various obsessions with my wife <laughs> we're learning a lot about each other it's great uh and got a lot of different uh, comedy albums uh on, on my website josephscrimshot.com so you can check those out uh, perhaps some more online shows in the future and uh, you know the thing that i will uh promote is i do think that everybody should um should participate in our uh in our country in our nation in our world uh in, in one of the ways that i think you can do that that i find very helpful is there's a service called ResistBot. Uh, you just literally type it in. Their website will come up. Uh, but you can, I, I use text, but you can very quickly and easily communicate uh, with your reps. And it, it's all guided through ResistBot. They will say, you know, who do you want to write to? They will take care of sending it. So you can literally pick up your phone. And if you feel strongly 
about something that's going on and you want to let your reps know, you can just text them very quickly and very easily. And it is uh, something that uh, that I do and that I believe in. So if you're interested in weighing in on what's going on and telling your reps what how you think they should proceed or what is most important to you, you can do that with ResistBot. That's great. Does that uh, does that go to Missouri, Joseph? No, never mind. Uh, never mind. Uh, I'll look it up myself and I'll find out that answer. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you for all of you out there for your great questions, your great support, your great understanding and uh, compassion and empathy and kindness and also the pew, pew, pew of it all. We love talking to all of you. We'll see you uh, later this week. Big review discussion of the first book in the High Republic era, The Light of the Jedi and more fun coming here on Force It. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.